Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Until noon, congratulations, Kathy Cunningham. She's going to take in the Neil Diamond experience on uh, Saturday night. I know that Murph and Andy, mm-hmm. uh, the Fanatics, and the Morning Rush all have a pair of tickets to give away. So if you didn't get them here, you still got some opportunity to grab those ducats. Uh, if uh, the Neil Diamond experience is something you'd like to take in, all right. Uh, the, uh, Hawkeye basketball news in a second. I, I, Trent, we meant to, or I meant to, bring this up. I talked about it briefly in the first hour of the program. Uh, Eric Cooper, Des Moines umpire, was his funeral was held on Monday, and um, you know, a, a friend, a friend of mine was uh, was at the funeral and just was blown away by a couple of things. How good Ted Barrett was, who delivered one of the eulogies. Joe Torrey also did, and Diane. Iasonga. Remember the umpire, Dan Iasonga? Yeah, absolutely. He's a bagpiper. And apparently he was phenomenal. So um, that and just the, you know, all the umpires, the World Series umpiring crew flew in on their off day Monday. I guess they got up uh, Joe Torre um, and the World Series umpires, and I believe their their wives, um, they flew in to Des Moines on Monday for for the funeral and... uh, uh, I guess there's like 60 umpires in attendance. I saw a picture of all the umpires lined up there. Oh, you did? I haven't seen yeah. that. Uh, Where they, did you see it? Facebook, maybe? Facebook. I'm try- yeah, I'm trying to place exactly where it Current was. Current and former umps? Yes, absolutely. And there was another umpire I saw that just passed away the other day. Yes, well. um, yes, in, in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, cancer. Uh, and not real old himself, 62, no, 63, nope. something like that? And was like still that. working. He was no longer umpiring, but he was apparently... Um, Chuck when, Merriweather. Chuck Merriweather. When when uh, AAA would be in Nashville, the umpires would come through town. He would grade them for a Major League Baseball, uh, grade the umpires. So he, st- he was still involved in the game. But, uh, yeah, Chuck Merriweather, uh, he passed away. But I thought that was you know good for Major League Baseball for getting a flight for the yes. uh, for the World Series crews that they could participate in. I'd like to see that picture if you get a chance. Yeah. Because I'm not I'll on Facebook. I'd, you know, if you, I'd appreciate if you could uh, show me that. What, what, what are you against Facebook for? I'm just not into it. Doesn't do it for you? No, I, I'm, not, I'm not. The only social media problem I have is Twitter. And you got a big problem there. I do have a big problem. I'm addicted to it. I can't get enough of it. I got yelled at again last uh, couple nights ago. Did you? Yeah. No, I can't. I'm on it constantly. I am too. It's, it's so addicting. It really is. And I never thought I would fall into the social media trap of anything, ever. But this Twitter thing. Um, boy, oh boy. It's, it's part of what we do, It though. is, but it's so bad, too, at the same yeah. time. I mean, there's such... Anyways, I don't have to tell anybody that. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> so the, the college basketball news. Trent, this kind of doesn't kind of surprise me. This really surprises me. Jordan Bohannon is going to play in the exhibition game tomorrow night. He's out there. Jordan Bohannon, I'm going to say it again, is going to play tomorrow night. Now it's an exhibition game. Sure. Uh, and then the... Openers, what, a couple of nights later, I think, or early next week? I think they play Friday next week. Friday next week. Yep. So, you know, is he going to tr- 
mean, he's on the floor tomorrow. I'm not saying he's going to play 30-something minutes, but he's going to give it a go tomorrow. Uh, the exhibition's Monday. Monday, okay. Monday, November 4th is the exhibition with Lindsey Wilson College coming to town. Okay. Get your tickets that's now. Good, that's a good get. Uh, and then Friday night, a week from Friday, is when they open up the regular season against SIU Edwardsville. We'll be making an appearance in Carver there. but Well, we had the day wrong, but we got the fact right. He's he, going to play. He's going to play, and this this changes the complexion. Now, the caveat has to be, it doesn't have to be 100% Jordan Bohanna, but he has to be Well, he's going to have solid. to satisfy him. So he's ultimately going to make the decision. Good point, yeah. Right. So so help me out with this then. Uh, opening night. Mm-hmm. Or let's go to Cyhawk or whatever. Okay. Or I mean, they got they actually have games that are going to move the needle between before the Cyhawk game this year, which is great. Yes, Texas Tech. So give me give me the starting five. What give me your starting five? Bohannon's a given. Yes, at the one of the two. Bohannon's a given. Ah, okay. He will be a starter. Yep. Garza is a starter. Yes. And Wieskamp is a starter. Mm-hmm. Those are your locks. Not Nunji. Not a lock. I put him in my lock. I just I want to see the kid. Maybe, maybe too premature to put him in a lock. But you've got the right three. The yes. three are locked. Yes, in. nothing agreed. could happen short of an injury. Those would, guys are healthy. Right. they will be starting. Mm-hmm. So where do you go from there? You got a grad transfer. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Is he a guy? Is he a combo? I don't know enough about him. How they play together? Joe Toussaint. A lot of excitement about the freshman, the tough New York City mm-hmm. point guard coming mm-hmm. in, allowing. Bohannon to play off the ball. See, now that's what I would do. I, that's Tucson, where you're going. You're going Tucson, Tucson would be my point okay. guard, and Bohannon's the two. Wieskamp the three. Wieskamp the three. I got to go Nunji four. Okay. And I like Creener a lot. Yeah. Uh, then you got a couple of McCaffreys on the bench. Pemsel? Cordell Pemsel, who's suspended. Do we know that He's yet? Not, he, I believe that's been lifted now. Okay. Suspension has been lifted. He is back in the good graces. So he's going to play when he's they hit the floor play. on Monday. C.J. Frederick, not yet. We haven't seen him. Right. Though Fran, again, remember the Fran hyperbole is a very real thing, but he called him the best perimeter defender they have. Right. I don't know anything about C.J. Frederick. Mm -hmm. I saw his highlight videos in high school. That's Mm -hmm. it. He's your best on-ball defender? Play him. Absolutely. Right. He better be good at it. Right. Well, the bar's not set real high. It is not. It is not. That is not a but strength it's, it's, of Bohan. But it would be something, it'd certainly be uh, a, something that you want to have on the floor because you haven't had that. So I'm going Bohannon, Evelyn, Wieskamp, with Yanunji, Garza. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. With the depth they have, they could go 11 deep again. Uh-huh. A healthy Bohannon, this is a tournament team. It certainly, yeah, it certainly improves their chances. A healthy Bohannon. You know who they're going to miss, Trent? And, and um, I, I, I don't realize, I don't think that, that Hawkeye fans, and maybe this isn't fair to all, I'm painting with a pretty broad brush here, Nicholas Bear. Yes. I mean, just, just his smarts. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen anything like it. I think Aaron White was as, as, as intelligent a basketball player as they have had. I think Nicholas Bear was even a step above that. He didn't have Aaron White's talent or his raw sure. abilities. Um, but Nicholas Bear, man, he's in the G League. Did you know that? Oh, really? Nicholas Bear, he's on the Raptors G League team. little connection there with Nurse, you got to think. I maybe guess, at maybe least planning something, something to do with it. Or maybe. Said, um, hey, let's give this guy a shot, mm-hmm. like the kind of player that he is. Of course, we uh, see Matt Thomas out there hitting threes. He did, yeah. For the big club with yeah. the Raptors. Tyler Cook made it of his first points in yes. the NBA in uh, Orlando, I think, the other night. So, 
he sp- mentioned the McCaffrey, the players, not the coach. Right. How do they fit in here? Let's, let's start with Connor, who we saw last season. He was, at times, really good. See, here's what I like about him. He's versatile. And you don't... he Because he's big, right. he doesn't strictly have to be a point guard. Right. Now, he handles the ball really well. We mm-hmm. saw late in games when they were able to have him and Bohan and two good free-throw shooters that both could handle the ball, ball how they did that. I think you're going to see the same thing. Your closing lineup is going to be different, I think, than your starting lineup. Because I think Connor McCaffrey will still be a part of that. Mm-hmm. He mentioned a week ago, there was an interview with him, that the shooting was so much more mental than it was anything. And we saw that. The, the hesitation that he had, he had that shooting slump, and he never really could pull himself out of it. Even if he's at it. I think a confidence thing. Yeah. A confidence played or lack of in his case. Be 33% from the three-point line. Just where people are just completely sagging off him. He can still be a very effective point guard in the Big Ten. You got him. And you got Bohannon, mm-hmm. and you can play Bohannon off the ball, mm-hmm. and you have Toussaint, and you have Frederick, and you have Evelyn. That's a slew of guards here. Nobody's elite, but it's solid. Mm-hmm. You can get by. Right. You can get by there. And the front court is really good, if yeah. you, especially if you consider Wieskamp a front court player. And in your scenario, you do. That's and, a and really Trent, good front fly. Nunchi, to me, is the wild card in all of this because they were, again, he, he's, they're, he's, they see him in practice, mm-hmm. but they see it different. Nunji. They see him more bulked up, more cut. He doesn't look like a young kid right out of high school. Sure. You know, he's been in college a couple of years. The body's matured a little bit. And we go back to when we were up the dial and these two kids were both true freshman guards and Nunji. And we would have this debate seemingly after every game. Well, you know what? I think I, we were wrong on Tuesday. Nunji's better. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Nunji played better last night. And then the next week, over the weekend, come in and reconvene and boy, guards outplay. He looks like he's the guy. Nunji's a better defender. I mean, Gars is about as bad as a defender yeah. as you're going to find. Yeah, he's a big dude, but mm-hmm. he is lumbering. He's not quick, and he's got a little nasty to him, and I love. That and that helps. Him. And that's the he has to play with that edge. Offensively, Garza, he's at a really high level. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that can do a lot of different things on the offensive end. But you give it back on the D, and that's that's Iowa basketball in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. Luca Garza is kind of the perfect Iowa basketball right. player. A little clunky at times, but our state trend, I think. Got a really uh, two pieces of very good news. Now again, mm-hmm. all dependent on Bohannon if he's going to be close to being a hundred percent. And I don't know how he can be. I hope he is. Everybody heals differently, right? But if he's part of it this year, then they're then they're certainly closer to a tournament team with him than without him. And I thought the same thing with Bolton when he got his eligibility yes. at Iowa State. Now we haven't seen Iowa State. We we know that they've played two Big Ten teams in those secret scrimmages. We see the box scores now, which I love. See, that they I didn't do. see the Wisconsin. One. Did you see the Wisconsin? I saw the Minnesota one. one. I didn't see the Wisconsin one. I saw the Minnesota one, one as well. And it Minnesota didn't look beat them. Pretty. No, no, apparently Minnesota's not. Minnesota's supposed to be bad. Supposed to be bad. Right. And and I just, uh, you know, I'm going through Chris Williams, who put this up on, uh, on Cyclone mm-hmm. Fanatic. He, he spoke with somebody who was at the game in the Wisconsin game. I guess the first 20 minutes were really bad. Wisconsin is a bubble like team themselves. Yeah, probably so. Kind of in Iowa's boat, I think. I. I mean, these are secret scrimmages. Don't read too much into them. But but, but we're on the radio, so we're going to read too much into them. <laughs> and it at least gives me a little bit of pause because I was deep in this Iowa State team. Yeah. I, I believed with Bolton eligible. I thought they would be the only team, uh, only tournament team. No doubt. I and I thought top three, four in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the bit. conversation. Still a tournament team. I mean, yeah. not, but that middle of the Big 12 is so jumbled, too. Oh, it's like, absolutely. It's kind of like football. It's gonna, Yes, absolutely. It's going to be... A two-week stretch. Either have that great two-week mm-hmm. stretch where you steal a couple of road games mm-hmm. and win at home, or 
it goes the other way and you drop one you shouldn't at home and all of a sudden you're looking up and boy you're seven eleven in conference play. Mm. That that difference is going to be incredibly tight in the Big 12 this year. Well, Jordan Bohannon is going to play. He's going to give it a go on Monday. That came right from Fran McCaffrey. I guess he had a press availability this morning. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. KennyWhiteSports.com is coming up. Then we'll get to Bill Bender on college football. But before we do that... It's time to put another $1,000 into your bankroll. Text the keyword YOGA to 200-200 right now. That's YOGA to 200-200 right now. Your opportunity to win a grand. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. A handful of college football games to opine with Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com in Las Vegas. Next, Miller and Con until noon. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Still to come, it's 1460. In Clyde. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Off to Vegas we go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He joins the program. Lots to discuss. We've got a handful of games to opine about, and it's good to speak with our friend Kenny White. Kenny, uh, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Guy. Guys, yeah, thanks for having me on, and uh, looking forward to another weekend of football. It's uh, been a great year. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, uh, all all these sports. Now it's crazy. NBA, NHL, college basketball, getting ready. It's just such an overlap, such a busy time of year. It absolutely is. If you can't find something in one sport, uh, they're going to be your line. They're singing the anthem somewhere else very, uh, very soon, and there'll be something for you. Before we get into some of the games, um, give us a team that you have, a college team that you know is outside of most people's top four playoff teams that you're keeping your eye on. That according to, uh, according to your power rankings, you know if all if they get the breaks that they need, maybe they had a loss earlier in the year that you think absolutely belong in this playoff conversation that aren't there right now. Is there one team like that in college, Kenny? Boy, um, Penn State. Mm-hmm. I guess the Nittany Lions at eight and zero right now would be that team. Uh, they've they have played great defense, mm-hmm. and not knowing what Sean Clifford was going to give them, he's given them a hundred times more than they ever could have thought he was going to give them. Uh, yeah, this is a really good football team. Uh, they they are a team to be reckoned with. Uh, they're and I don't know if they're getting any credit. Um, everybody's talking about Ohio State, yep. which rightfully so. I have them number one in the country right now, and that's because no two attack a blow up for Alabama. Clemson two, LSU three, and Alabama number four, even without Tua. Then I still have Oklahoma there at number five. That's, uh, you know, a team that now really on the outside looking in with one loss. A shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by Auburn and George Auburn with two losses, still number six in the country. But Penn State right there, uh, knocking on the door at number eight. They do have that game at Ohio State. Uh, that would be a big one. If they can knock off Ohio State, they'd get Wisconsin in the, uh, Big Ten championship game. And they could be playing in the, in the, in the final four. It would be amazing. Indeed it would. Uh, one, one more for me on Penn State. Where were they in your power rankings before the season? Do you recall? Not knowing if, you know, what Clifford was going to be. How big of a move have they made? Well, this team I knew was going to have a great defense. I loved their defense. Uh, looking at the power ratings, Penn State, boy, oh, boy, are they even in there? They are number 14. 
Number 14. Got excited there that I had him that ranked that high. <laughs> hey, Kenny, uh, as we look at this upcoming weekend, we were talking right before we came on the air. Uh, we had some snow here earlier this week, but weather certainly an impact when you talk about football. We've heard for years that wind is the biggest component here, but as you're going through the difference, wind totals, temperature, those types of things, how big of a factor are they for you and how you play games? Yeah, it's really, really big, especially with totals. Mm. Uh, you don't want to be on a game where it's um, a, a, a big circular stadium that the wind swirls in. A total different story if there's open ends and the wind is blowing from one end zone to the other. That's going to help scoring real little bit because you're going to get really short punts. You're going to get bad passes. You're going to get some turnovers. So you can you can get more scoring in a, in a windy game like that. So not all wind games go under. You just have to know the stadium. You also have to know if there's if there's uh, rain um, and it's a field turf and it's a sl- it's a good field turf. Uh, it'll make it good for the offense. If it gets a little slippery, that means uh, the defense really doesn't know where they're going. They take the wrong step, they fall, the wide receiver gets wide open for a touchdown. So uh, I'm looking for that in every single game. This first game Thursday night, Georgia Southern plays App State. And I made the total 55.5, and and the total opened 50, and it went down to 44.5. And And I'm looking, keep looking at it. You know, I know they expect rain and maybe some wind in the area, but there's a possibility of a little bit of a gap during that football game where they may not have either rain or wind, and it might be a decent over game, and now we're getting a lot of value because everybody dropped because of the weather. Interesting. Yeah. So it does play a big role. That's a good question, Trent. Uh, let's get into some of the games, Kenny, this uh, week. I'm gonna, I could talk Pac-12 with you, and I probably will get there, and Trent will look at me like, why do you? Your love of the Pac-12. <laughs> I don't know what it is this year. That's my conference this year for what reason. But the Big 12 and the Big 10 moved the needle here, and here's, to, here's a game coming up, Kenny, that I thought was going to be Oh, who's going to watch this one for crying out loud? Kansas and Kansas State, both teams going to be awful. Well, K-State's on the verge of becoming bowl eligibility. Kleiman's done a great job. And you know what? This Jayhawks team, they're probably going to finish last or ninth in the conference. But I think Les Miles, is there, that school's arrow pointing up. Kansas, K-State, give us a minute on that one. Yeah, who would have known both teams would be coming off a win going into this game? And uh, the first thing I thought when Kansas State beat Oklahoma, I said, oh, great spot for a letdown. Who do they play next? Oh, they play Kansas. Mm-hmm. They can't let down against their big rival. They, they've done really well. I think they've won six in a row in the rivalry. This, this is amazing. Um, they, these two teams, Kansas has dominated dominated the series because they were the better team for such a long time. Uh, they were on 10-10, 92, 1992, Kansas won a football game in Manhattan, Kansas, 31-7. to That At that time, it put the, the uh, Jayhawks up 53-23 with five ties. They were 30 games better than Kansas State. Since that day, it has been all, all Wildcats. 22-4, and they've dominated this series. They've won the last 10 in a row. Uh, now Chris Kleiman comes in. I like Kansas State. I just think they continue that domination of Kansas. Kansas has made strides. Les Miles is doing a good job, but he's still playing with the same talent. Kansas State's playing with the same talent. There's no real home field advantage because Kansas State, it's a bus ride down the street, and they're used to playing there. They're going to have a lot of purple fans in the stands. So, yeah, I like K-State to continue on and add to what they did this past weekend. they got too good of a football coach. I'll take Chris Kleiman over Les Miles. 
Kenny, the uh, week sets up here. A lot of teams off. The biggest national game in terms of getting the college football playoff is certainly the cocktail party with Georgia and Florida. I was telling Ken earlier, I'm just struggling getting excited about this game. I, I, I guess I just have visions of 16-13, 13-10, just ugly, kind of boring, old-school SEC football in this one. Get me pumped up. What do you see? I don't. I like the way you're thinking. Are you kidding me? You're getting me excited. Telling me these scores. I love that score because I like the game under. Uh, okay. You're right. These defense. These defenses are outstanding. Uh, two of the best in the country. They really are. They're they're loaded on the defensive side of the football. Right now, Georgia allowing just 16 points a game. Uh, Florida 23. Um, and then that's off. That's off my box score final adjusted to the teams they've played. In actuality, Georgia's only allowing 10.6 a game and Florida 15.8. Uh, the Bulldogs love to run it 59% of the time. Uh, both teams' defenses are better than the offense. I have Georgia's defense right now number five in the country. Their offense number 21. Florida, uh, 39th on defense, 69th on offense. So the strength of both teams, defense, the under six and two. The last eight times these two guys have played, they play every year, obviously. Uh, but it's uh, it's a definitely an under game. It's come down a couple points. And again, you got to check the weather. Uh, it's in Jacksonville. That doesn't mean anything anymore. Alaska Anchorage had a higher temperature than we all did yesterday. <laughs> Crazy. Even you guys in Vegas? Even us, yeah. Wow. Alaska, Alaska Anchorage was warmer yesterday than us. That's crazy. All right, let's do the Pac-12, and I'll do two of them at once here. Of these two games, do you have a stronger opinion? What's a better betting game? Utah-Washington, I thought we would see that game twice because I thought that was going to be the Pac-12 championship. But the two division leaders, as we sit here today, USC and Oregon, they also collide. Which of those two is a better betting game from your opinion? Your stronger opinion on one of those two games is which one? I like the Utah-Washington game under the total. Uh, it's 47 and a half. I think this is going to be a rock'em, sock'em football game. I wanted to play Utah early. They were minus one, but this was bet up right away to three and a half. All the value has gone on the Utes now. If you'd have to look at a side, I'd, I'd, I'd start looking at Chris Peterson getting points at home. Uh, but these Utah Utes, um, Kyle Winningham is a very unheralded coach. He is one of the best in the country. And they're good on the road. He's well prepared. They're 13 and 6 ATS their last 19 road games. You know, the quarterback play, Tyler Huntley, you're going to get out of him. He's a dual threat, and they only use him as a dual threat when they have to. Last week against California, they said, listen, don't get hurt. We got Washington on deck. Just sit in the pocket and pick him apart. That's what he did. He only left the pocket one time. But when he has to, he's a dangerous runner. Uh, Zach Moss, they're running back, one of the best in the yep. country. I thought he was a a Heisman hopeful at 300-1 early in the season. But, again, I'm, I'm building up Utah. But three and a half, I can't lay it. But, yeah, I can go under here. The Utes are 7-1 and one under this year. I have the Utah defense, number six in the country, uh, 52nd offense. And the Washington team, I know Chris Peterson will get very conservative in a football game like this. Below low amount of plays, the average is 144 for a college game. They're probably about 130 in this game. I would even wouldn't be surprised if there was less. Are you buying USC being five and three and four and one in the conference? Clay Helton was seemingly as hot. his seat was as hot as any in college football. You buying USC as the best team in the South? 
I still think his seat's hot. Um, he may not make a he may make it through the season. USC will just have some class and, and let him coach the rest of the year out. I think they'll move on from him. Uh, but I was impressed with them last week. They were in a look-ahead game against Colorado. They destroyed Colorado. They didn't come to play, and the Buffaloes were upset. They played poorly the previous two weeks. They got out to a good lead. Southern Count didn't panic. Play Helton didn't panic. They went right down the field. They scored. They won the football game. Their defense did what they had to do. So I was impressed with that knowing they had Oregon on deck. Uh, I think this will be a very tight game. I made I made Oregon four, so I have no play on the side. But I really believe this is another under game. I'm going to look to go under here because uh, Oregon's defense is the real deal. They they are really rock solid on defense. I don't think the freshman quarterback, Slovis, will do much against their D. And uh, USC, they got talented. And, and the thing about it is Oregon, the, the head coach, Chris Wall, gets gets hit. A lot of people don't like him, and I can understand why. He's an offensive line guy. He coaches the offensive line. They got a great offensive line. He takes pride in the offensive line. So let's run the football. That's what they do. And they do it with maybe the number one quarterback in the NFL who's having a good year. Herbert's having a really good year, but I think they should throw the ball more. I think he's a little bit too conservative on offense. That 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 could hurt them this week against USC if they're too conservative. Last thing for you, Kenny White joining us here. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Kenny, it's Game 7 of the World Series. I know we talk pretty much all football. You got an opinion? Any thoughts on Game 7 here tonight? Yeah, I'm going to go under. Uh, big game. Um, I'm sure sir, you know, had a couple extra days. They said yesterday he was good to go. And uh, if Max Scherzer is good to go in a Game 7, you're going to see lights out pitching. And Granke, he is a, he is a top 25 major league pitcher. Uh, I think he'll be. I think he'll be up to the task to match uh, zero for zero tonight. So seven and a half, game seven. Yeah, give me under. Hmm, good stuff, KennyWhiteSports.com. What do you got going over uh, at Kenny White Sports? Yeah, like I said, just the sports overlapping. You know, trying to get ready for college basketball. So uh, you know, the projection model still working strong. We're right now. I'm working with programmers on a baseball projection model that uh, I think it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be for fantasy players and sports bettors, just fans alike. Uh, and it'll be, and I'm looking to, to really price this reasonably, maybe going in the, uh, the uh, $9.99 a month so you can go in for just a month if you want for the baseball. So that's, that's in the works. That'll be up by uh, February. It's a long ways away, but we're working on it right now. Good stuff, Kenny White Sports.com. Talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Yep. Have a great weekend. Good to talk to you. Kenny White, Kenny White Sports.com. Uh, Fry McCaffrey's just, uh, Pemsel will be suspended mm-hmm. for the exhibition game and the opener yes. on Friday. So, so back practicing with the team, yep. but we'll have a two game suspension, one regular season game. Bill Bender joins the program next. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. It's delivery fee supply. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon with you until just before noon. Final segment of the day. Let's go right to Bill Bender, his normal spot. Uh, Sportingnews.com is where you can read Bill, and we highly encourage you to do so. Covers college football and the NFL uh, over at Sporting News. Bill, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Hypothetical question time for you, Bill Bender. Who's in better shape? LSU knocks off Alabama. LSU wins the SEC. Penn State knocks off Ohio State and wins the Big Ten. LSU, uh, I beg your pardon, Alabama or Ohio State more likely to get a playoff berth? Oh, we got to do that one again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, 
it would depend on the score in some ways. It would depend a little bit on Tua, whether or not he's playing. I, I think, well, they both be at home and lose, too. So it'd be tough. I, I think Alabama just, they have that, that kind of, what do you want to call it, that, that different accreditation process than everybody else. But I think in this, right now, if you're asking me that question today, I would say Ohio State gets in over them. But I don't think it'll happen. There's so many different parameters that are in here. And it's just, you know, these hypotheticals that are out there. You mentioned Tua. I mean, that could be such a huge factor. LSU sneaks by Alabama and Tua's limited in that game. The conversation completely changes. He isn't able to play. The conversation completely changes. There's there's so many different layers to this that you can go into. I do want to get your perspective on Ken's conference, though. The <laughs> Pac-12, Utah, I think, even at 12-1, and I think they're out. And I think name brand has something to do with it. But Oregon does have a brand. They have been there. They played for a national championship against Auburn. 12-1 and Oregon with an impressive victory against Utah and 11-1 Utah in the championship game. How good a shape are they? Or the Pac-12, the negativity we've heard of the last two years, is that going to hurt them come selection time? Well, that affects Oklahoma. So mm. let's let's play it out. Let's start. I think Oregon and Utah really need each other for the next four weeks. Great. They need both to go to 11-1. and one. If that happens, and then we can fast, let's just take the liberty of fast-forwarding the conference championship weekend. I think the only two conference championship games that really have the potential to be top 10 both sides are the SEC and the Pac-12 because I don't have a lot of faith in Minnesota getting through November. Mm-hmm. And I think Wisconsin will hover around about 12 or 13. So, yeah, I mean, if you get number five Oregon versus number seven Utah and they're kind of hovering around in the playoff picture, they have a chance. They have. I think Oregon has a better chance of going to the playoff if they win out than Oklahoma does. And I might be off in saying that, but I really think they do. Very interesting. Uh, Bill, your, your piece on uh, Ohio State and the, the three Heisman contenders and candidates, and there's clearly three because Dobbins have a hell of a year, and so is Fields, but so is Chase Young. Uh, and you have a Heisman vote. And I'm not asking you to unveil it right now, but I am asking you as to the serious consideration that you will give a defensive player uh, to take home college football's most, uh, I guess, most individual trophy, the Heisman. Where will you be on Chase Young, the serious consideration that you will give him? He's got enough spotlights to do it. Um, you know, I think with those two, they, uh, they, I think if he has a bunch of sacks and dominates Penn State and then he dominates the game against Michigan, that stock will continue to go up. But if Joe Burrow lights up Alabama, he's probably going to win the, the award. Like, I, I think he could just put that to rest. If, and, and Tua, if Tua is great against um, LSU, and I know that uh, we talked about this last week where there hadn't been a Heisman winner miss a game since Charlie Ward, mm-hmm. but if he – he goes up against LSU and beats them, and he does it on one leg or one ankle, I, I don't think we'll care that he missed the Arkansas game. Will the Ohio State players cancel each other out to, in some respects, do you think, Bill? Reminds me of the one year, I know Leonard and Bush did it too, but McGahee and Dorsey the one year when Miami was really good and Palmer ended up winning the Heisman Trophy when I thought McGahee probably should have won it and Dorsey took some votes because Dorsey had a good year, too. So, I mean, yeah, Dobbins could, could get some votes. I think Dobbins is the best running back in the country right now. 
Um, he's proven it over, you know, running all over Michigan State and Wisconsin. Um, yeah. Justin Fields has been really good. I guess the thing with him is his numbers just haven't been so ridiculous like Jalen and, and Tua and uh, Joe Burrow. They're right in the neighborhood, though. He's the next guy. Mm. Hubbard's really good at Oklahoma State. This is uh, an interesting week, and the way the calendar played out, we get the double bye this year. It extends the college football season. That's great. But it's difficult this week to get real excited, Bill. Do you like it? Do you like the double bye, though, and stretching out the season? Or would you rather have it making sure we're going to have multiple big games every weekend? I'm cool with that. I mean, we you're going to have that every year where you got some bad weekends anyway, I think, because the calendar can, can, can continues to get pushed up and down a little bit. You're going to have a little bit of difference. But, yeah, this is a dog weekend. This is the one where I'm looking outside and, See all these leaves in my backyard. Well, <laughs> if, I, if I wasn't covering it, I'd be breaking those up. But um, you know, next weekend's more than good enough. Though we get Penn State. Like I, I got an article coming up shortly on the ten best November games, and you know that every weekend in November is going to have something really great. And, and you know, Georgia Florida's an elimination game. That, mm-hmm. That's plenty. Memphis SMU is going to be a great showdown between two American Athletic Conference teams. And I've been telling people. If you look at the Pac-12 standings, which we just talked about, USC is in first in the Pac-12 South. Right. So, yeah, you can watch USC and Oregon get fired up about that. No, and I, and I absolutely will. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Bill Benner from the Sporting News uh, joining us here. Bill, if I would ask you this question before the year, a bigger upset, if Illinois was to beat Wisconsin or if Kansas State was to pick Oklahoma, which of those or beat Oklahoma, which of those two games in your mind would have been a bigger upset? I wouldn't have, would not have picked um, was Illinois to beat Wisconsin in a million years in August. I also wouldn't have said, you know, in, in the first week of November, pick the two unbeaten Big Ten teams that are going to play. And you're going to tell me Minnesota and, uh, <laughs> uh, Minnesota and, and uh, Penn State. I guess second week in November even. Yeah. Um, so those two. But about Kansas State, so Brett McMurphy just uh, released a list of all the Bill, uh, of course, a big conversation yesterday. Scott started again. The NCAA coming out with a statement about athletes being able to profit from their uh, name and likeness. Conversation that uh, has so many different layers to it. I want to get your perspective, though, as we sit today and you know, the verbiage that the NCAA used, it. I think there's still a lot of interpretation there. Oh, we got a long way to go. Yes. But I mean, it's a step that I think they're kind of realize that, hey, we're in a little bit of a corner here. Mm-hmm. We better, you know, meet some of these demands, and then we can take our time getting those demands done. And I think that's where we're headed. There'll be a lot of conversations. I mean, the initial conversation yesterday was, Everybody just worried about that video game, which I play <laughs> all the time. But it seems like people are more worried about that than the athletes actually getting some benefits. And, and if anybody's telling you otherwise, they're probably lying. No, they're they're one hundred percent lying. No doubt about that. Uh, Bill, um, just back to we haven't talked on Clemson, but I want to get to the ACC and just 
if they play a close game, and even if they're unbeaten and they get to the championship, and I don't know who's going to uh, come out of the other side. I mean, is it Virginia? I thought it was going to be Virginia, but now I don't know if it's going to be Virginia. If they even play a close game, Bill, will that be held against them just because seemingly the competition is is so underwhelming? If they're if they're if they're if they're, if they're, if they're no. tested, are they in trouble? No. They're, they're not going to be left out. A uh, defending national championship mm-hmm. team on a 20 game win, 29 game win streak will not be left out of the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't think, and I've said this the last couple of weeks because I've watched them close to try to see what's wrong or what's perceived to be wrong. There's nothing wrong with Clemson mm. other than Trevor Lawrence throws a couple bad picks. And they've got a double sided running game that's probably as yeah. good as Ohio State's. I mean, you put Dobbins and Teague and. ETN and Lynn J. Dixon, there's not much difference. Um, you put their defense up against Ohio State, Chase Young's a game wrecker. Well, you know what? So is Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons is unbelievable to watch. Yeah, he is. Um, and I think the fact that they're giving up fewer points considering what they lost to the NFL draft is actually incredible. Hmm. So I'm not on this Clemson is not great kick like everybody else, but I'm definitely on to the fact that if they lose, given how bad and wild that ACC is, yeah, they'll probably get left out. Mm. You know, one of the better stories in that conference, we'll get you out of here on this, I think Louisville and Satterfield, that's that's one of the stories. As bad as they were last year, Bill, look, they're going to go to a bowl game this year, and with a couple more wins, they could go to a really nice bowl game. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, oh yeah, I talked to them in the summer, and I didn't think it would come this fast, but just the fact that he comes from that App State background yeah. where they know how to win. He, I talked to him for about 10, 15 minutes at ACC Media Day, and I just, again, as many coaches as I talk to, and I'm not saying this is a perfect science, every once in a while I kind of leave the guy and I'm like, man, that guy's, that guy's got it. He, and he's one that has it. And I don't know, you know, I guess the trick for Louisville is going to be how long can you hold on to that guy? Because I think he, if he wants it, he could be bound for bigger and better things because he's that kind of coach that when you spot a star, he is one of them, and you're seeing it on the field. I saw it the opening night against Notre Dame, the way they played now. Yeah, that's a good point. There was back and forth early in that football game. It's a good point. Uh, do you have your marching orders for next week? Is there a chance they're going to be up in the Twin Cities watching unbeaten Penn State, unbeaten Minnesota? Have you got your marching orders yet? Uh, not yet, but uh, it's, it's probably doubtful. I think we are uh, kind of putting a few bones back so we can maybe – make that trip down to New Orleans, and it might be more useful just to kind of watch from the couch a little bit. We're going to see, though. I- I've talked a little bit. at Going to that Minnesota-Penn State game would be fun. Indeed. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Bill, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Thank you so much. Get to talk to you. Sportingnews.com is where you can read Bill Bender. All right, Trent, game seven tonight. Kenny White likes the under in the baseball game. What's mm-hmm. the total? Seven and a half? Seven and a half is the number. So he thinks it's going to be Scherzer and Grinke are going to pitchers duel. Do you see it that way? I do. I am, uh, as you know, playing the first five. Mm-hmm. And you're set with the game tonight because you've got uh, uh, you've got Washington to win the series. So plus 190 on that ticket. I'll be playing the under four is the number in the first five. So those are my two plays tonight. Hopefully handing out a few more winners. And uh, hey, before we get out of here, I got something here for you. Stand by for news. You have. The Arena Football League is ceasing operation. Now, this does not impact the Iowa Barnstormers. Right, but the, really? The, uh, this is from uh, Pro Football Talk over at NBCSports.com and Mike Florio. They're done. 
closing local operations. This comes from the Albany Times Union. So the six teams that still remain and the old school official Arena Football League looking like they're going to be shuttering the doors again. They were bankrupt back in 2009, came back. You know, the Bart Stormers went away from the mm-hmm. Arena League and Arena League 2 to this indoor football league. Looks like it was the right decision, right? Yeah, it does. Well, they couldn't afford to play at that level anyways. Right. It got, uh, you know, back in the, what, 99-2000 era. I mean, Jim Foster invented the game on a napkin for crying That's out loud. That's great. I How love that, that story. Yeah, it's a really cool you story. You got an opinion on Game 7 tonight? Uh, I have. My opinion is, is I'm so grateful that we get to a Game yes. 7. I'm pulling for the Nationals. I want Washington to win it. Uh, Strasburg, I think, is going to be the MVP. Even with Rendon, he goes crazy tonight. Strasburg, just when they needed their guy mm-hmm. to keep them out of that bullpen, he goes eight and a third. And a guy that was so maligned throughout his yes. career. You know, I Not didn't realize, enough. Trent, somebody asked me this year, how old is he? Oh, I don't know, 26, 27. So he's 31. 31, wow. Did you? I didn't I would have guessed either. 29. Yeah, I that where I was. 31, yeah. Wow. And he's got a chance to um, you know, we just void the rest stack, of his contract. Stacking years on top of each other, don't we? Indeed we do. All right, Murph and Andy are going to be here today at 2. The Fanatics will follow them in here uh, at 4 o'clock. They will talk sports. Uh, did I see that the Hawkeye Nation radio show is moved to tomorrow because of, is it Wrestling Media Day today, in Iowa City? Yes, it is. They're, do you see where they're having Wrestling Media Day? I did not. At Kroll Farms. Matt Kroll, former defense alignment. Really? His farm. Is where they're having media day. I mean, that's, that's such good. a brand's thing to do. I saw the uh, first rankings came out for college wrestling. Iowa, number two, just behind Penn State. There's people out there that believe maybe for the first time in a long time, the Hawks can push the Nittany Lions for a national title. The winter sports are upon us. Jordan Bohannon is going to play on Monday. In the exhibition game. All right, Trent and I'll be back tomorrow. Stephen M. Sipple will be here. We'll do some Hawks. We'll do some clones. But again, Murph and Andy at 2 and the Fanatics at 4. And tomorrow morning at 6, local programming will start anew with the Morning Rush. Thanks for joining us. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN.